Well, you ready for the word? All right, open up whatever you use to locate scripture with. And so we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we are going to go through verse 1 through verse 8 by grace and faith today. All right, let's read. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Let's pray over our spiritual meal. Father, we thank you so much for the Word of God that's already blessed. We're going to open our heart and receive it by faith and be blessed by it. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the spiritual teacher, anointing the eyes, ears, and heart of each person listening and opening them by the gift of your grace. Father, I thank you for causing people to walk away hearing from you and taking away exactly what they need. I believe this is happening right now by your miracle power in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're in verse 1. Start unpacking this. For we know that our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Paul says, for we know. Say, we know. That's the secret to the Christian life is what we know. It's what you know that causes you to have confidence, causes you to stand in this life. And so, again, we are to constantly be growing in what we know. Tell someone, don't be a know-it-all. <clears throat> so we don't need to be a know-it-all because we can always grow in what we know. And so the degree you know uh, what belongs to you, who you are, who Jesus is, that's the degree you're going to have confidence in life. And Paul says, for we know that if our earthly house... So what is our earthly house? It's not, it's not the physical house that you come from. It's just your body. Hi, Selena. Fresh from France. Praise God. So um, our earthly house is our body. And so our bodies are earthly, ha- uh, earthly house that we're living in now. It says this tent. Say tent. <laughs> this tent. And so, again, this is called our tent because a tent, whoever's gone camping, you like to go camping. And so that tent, you set it up for a little while and then you leave. And you break it down and you leave. So it's not something that's permanent. It's not like a house that you go and come back to, you live in and dwell in. But a tent is just something you go to. Now, who likes glamping? Now, what's glamping? Glamping is where you have electricity. Yeah. Praise God. And a bathroom. Praise God. Well, right now we're glamping in life. And so our body is called this tent. And so a, a tent is something that's going to just be for a time, but you put it down and then you have a building you're looking to. And so uh, we're talking about the resurrection today. And so we're going to have a resurrection body one day. So turn to Hebrews chapter 6 and look at verse 1. We're looking at a foundational truth of the Word of God today. You never, you never uh, totally leave the foundations. You want to always go back from time to time 
But Hebrews 6.1 says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And so here, this is one of the foundational teachings, but unfortunately, many in the body of Christ are ignorant about the elementary teachings, and here we see the resurrection from the dead. Many are not understanding about our resurrection and exactly about that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And so he's going to bring out here in this verse, for we know that our earthly house, this tent, if it's destroyed, we have a building. Say tent, tent. Building. building. So you have a tent, and if that's taken down, we have a building. And so that's talking about the body that we have now is referred to as a tent, but praise God one day, we're going to have a building that's going to be permanent that we'll permanently live in. That's called our resurrection body. And so tent versus body. And so this is really alluding to the Old Testament that God first dwelt in what? The tabernacle, which was a big tent. And so that speaks of the first that we're going to have is a tabernacle. But then after that, what came? A temple, a, a, a permanent structure was built for God to live in. And so that speaks of us. First of all, we're going to live in a tabernacle. But then, praise God, we're going to be in a permanent building, our resurrection body. And this goes back to Abraham, our, the father of our faith. We're going to see that he dwelt in tents. Look in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse 9, speaking of Abraham. Hebrews eleven nine says, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, Dwelling in tents, say tents, with Isaac and Jacob and the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for, a, for the city, which has foundations, who builder and maker is God. And so he's looking for a building for the, him to dwell in. And so that he's the father of our faith. So he dwelled in tents, but he was looking for a city. We're looking for a city. Praise God. And in that city, we're going to have not only an earth, have a, a heavenly mansion, but we're also going to have a glorified body that's going to be like a mansion for our spirit to live in. Praise God. And so, again, that's just the difference between a tent and a building. And so Peter, look at 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter talked about his physical body as a tent that he was living in. Look at 2 Peter 1, look at verse 14. 2 Peter 1, 14. Peter says, knowing, say knowing. So it goes back to what you know. Knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as the Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Tell someone you're going to put off your tent soon. <laughs> Pastor, are you talking about... No, Jesus said, behold, I come back quickly. But in the life of eternity, even if we have 50, 60, 70, 80 years left, praise God, it's going to be soon. Shortly, we must put off this tent or this tabernacle and we're going to be in a in a glorified body it's going to be a building and so here it says for we know that if our earthly house this tent is destroyed look at the word destroyed it's not a good translation from the greek language actually the greek word means to unloose or to take down unloose or to take down and so one day our tent is going to be taken down i just pray that it's taken down gently Praise God. And so the tabernacle was a tent that could be taken down fairly quickly. Our natural body now is a tent that will be taken down. 
but our glorified body is the permanent dwelling for the inward man and the Spirit of God to inhabit forever. And so Paul in the last chapter was talking about death and him being facing death constantly. And now he's going to talk about what happens when we do die, because all of us are going to die one day. And it says, we have a building from God. And so this is from God, and it's a building. And so this is something, our natural body is a byproduct of a man and a woman. Now, your spirit and your soul came from God, but your body is a product. And I don't have to explain how that all works, but a man and a woman know each other intimately. And then our physical body is a byproduct of that. But guess what? Our glorified body is going to be completely made by God. And praise God, and what God does is perfect. Hallelujah. And so our resurrection body will be made by God, and it says it's not made with hands. So I believe God will speak our glorified body into existence. Hallelujah. Look at verse 2. For in this, for in this what? This tent. In this tent we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. It says in this tent we groan. And so I, I, I can relate to that because when I've been sitting watching a show or whatever and I'm in my lazy boy and all of a sudden I need to get up sometimes there's a groan <laughs> and I'm getting, I'm getting up to get Joanne a drink or something to serve her and, and I, there's a little groan coming out of the lazy boy. Or how many times have you been on a long trip? You've been in the car for a few, many hours and all of a sudden you get out of that car and you're like, We all realize we groan in this tent. Look at Romans 8.23. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting the adoption, the redemption of our body. Well, I thought I'm already adopted. I'm already a child of God. Yes, in your born again spirit, you're a child of God. But guess what? You're more than a spirit. You're a, you're a three-part being. You're a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And Jesus has purchased all three. Tell someone you're a package deal. And God's brought redemption for your spirit. It's already redeemed, already perfected. Your soul's being perfected. But one day your body will be perfected, will be redeemed. And so God's provided. He's shed his blood for all three parts of you. And so again, you're going to experience this. And he's going to uh, bring you into this redemption completely. And your body's the last phase of that. Notice it says, for we groan earnestly desiring. Say desiring. Actually, the Greek word means to crave, intense craving. So what's this in craving? That he would, that Paul would be clothed with his habitation from heaven. So what's this say? Many Christians are afraid to die. They cling to this life most dearly as if this was the most dear thing to them was this life. But let me tell you something. Paul one day was stoned in Lystra. And he went into the third heaven and he died and he actually went into heaven and experienced the glories that awaited him. And when he got back, he said, I can't wait to get back. <laughs> Matter of fact, I have a craving, an intense desire to leave this place and go to the other one. You know what? We sing songs. Oh, what a blessed day it'll be. 
uh, when we get through the other side and then the doctor tells you you're going there and then you go, <laughs> you know, if you really understood weights on the other side, you'd kiss that doctor and right in between the eyes, Mwah! that's awesome. But unfortunately, I'm not done yet. My assignment's not done. So I'll need to stay. So sickness, I don't have time for you. You know what I believe? I believe that until you're done with your assignment, if you know your authority, you're indestructible. That nothing can take you out. No one can take you out. Because we're going to see that Paul had this, this choice that he had. He's in prison in, Philippi, I mean in Rome. In Philippians 1, look at verse 23. Paul had a decision he needed to make. He made it to make. Well, isn't the time we die God's decision? Isn't there a day that the Lord takes us? You all have a date with destiny. Well, you know, in the book of Proverbs, it says there's certain things you can do to lengthen your days on the earth. There's certain things you can do to, to shorten your days on the earth. There's no, there's no one day that's your expiration date because you have a lot more to say in it than you think. Well, how do we know that? Well, Paul did. He's sitting in the jail cell and he's looking, oh, God, is this it? Is this the time for me to go? Because I really would like it to get back to where I experienced. But look at Philippians 1.23. Paul said, I'm hard pressed between the two decisions, to go on or to be here. Well, that almost leave it like he had a say in it. He did. Having a desire, a craving to depart to be with Christ, which is far better. Then why are we living like this is far better? No, it's far better. And so you know what? He said, you know what? I checked in with HQ, headquarters. And God showed me my assignment's not done, so I'm convinced I'm staying. But for you, it's going to be better for that, that I do that. But at the end of his life, in 2 Timothy, he says, no, now I know my time. I fought the fight. I finished my race. I'm done. I'm out of here. Why would you want to stay any longer than when you're done? So he says, for in this we groan, this tent that we groan, earnestly desire to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. Look at the word clothed. It means to put on clothing. Which means that God has created our spirit and soul to always be clothed with a body. God's created our spirit and soul to be clothed with a body. And so right now it's clothed with an earthly body. One day it's going to be clothed with a heavenly body. So I want you to, to look at this that, this, that this body that God's created us is our habitation, which is from heaven. It's from where? Its source is from heaven. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, look at verse 53. We're going to bring out something that you may have not seen before about our resurrection body. That we're going to see that our resurrection body was, is going to be created by God in heaven, but then our earthly body is actually, when he comes back, is going to come up out of that grave, and we're going to see that what he created in heaven will be joined to this earthly body, and the two will be brought together, and the and the, the heavenly body God created will actually assimilate and swallow up our physical body. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, look at verse 53. For this corruptible, that's, that's, our body is corruptible, that's decaying. 
You know, I know that you love your tent and you're spending a lot of effort on your tent. You're working your tent out. You're ironing your tent, getting wrinkles out of the tent. Some of you are painting your tent. But our tent is breaking down. Corruptible, decayable. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. Notice it didn't say that this corruptible turns into incorruption. It says it puts it on. Puts it on. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. That's your glorified body. And your glorified body, it's going to be perfect. It's never going to decay. It's eternal. And we're going to talk about exactly what this looks like. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. So our, our body now will have to put on a glorified body. And this mortal, that means liable to death. This is our natural body. Must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying it's written, death is swallowed up into victory. Hallelujah. And this habitation is from heaven. So what is this glorified body going to look like? I'm going to tell you exactly what it's going to look like. It'll, look, it'll be transformed and look like Jesus' glorified body. It'll be just like his body. So we can actually look at Jesus' glorified body to kind of figure out what kind of glorified body we're going to get. So look in Philippians 3, look at verse 21. Well, pastor, how do you know our body is going to be like Jesus's? Let's read. Philippians 3, look at verse 21. Philippians 3, 21. Who God will transform... Tell someone you're called to be a transformer. <laughs> chink, 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 chink. Who will transform our lowly body. You know, actually the Greek language calls it the body of humiliation. Compared to your glorified body, this is a body of humiliation. Who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, that's Jesus's, according to the working by which he's able to subdue all things to himself. So we just need to look at Jesus' glorified body to see how ours will be. Do you know that, and this is good news, that in our glorified body, we'll still eat. <laughs> and not gain weight. Well, how do you know Jesus' glory? That Jesus is that we can do it because Jesus, when he was had a glorified body, he ate, he ate honeycomb and fish, and when he put it in his mouth, it didn't fall to the ground. <laughs> See, we're not going to be like Casper the Friendly Ghost. It's actually tangible, and actually, they tried it. They touched his body. Says, "Don't handle me. I haven't ascended yet." So it's something that you can actually it has substance to it. But it's like, and you can walk through walls. And I've told you I want to freak somebody out one day in the millennium and scare them. And Jesus will, and the Father will say, stop it. Yes, sir. <laughs> I believe we'll go at the speed of thought, travel. 
Praise God. So here we see that it's from heaven. It's, a, it's, it's not made with hands. God will, will create this body in heaven. But what about our physical body? It, Pastor, isn't, there, isn't our physical body going to come out of that grave? And our loved ones that knew Jesus, they, when Jesus got, are they going to come out of that grave? Yeah. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4.16. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So what's going to happen that day? We saw that our resurrection body is from heaven. We know that our physical body, when Jesus comes back, is going to come out of that grave. So what's going to happen is that our natural body coming out of the grave will actually be assimilated and swallowed up by our resurrection body. Well, um, you know our natural body's designed to live here? God has designed your body to live in this atmosphere. You know one day that your spiritual body will be perfectly designed to live in heaven and earth. You know angels have been designed to live both in heaven and they can actually they can actually appear on the earth. I want you to see a verse there about this, Hebrews 13, 2. We won't be angels, but our bodies will do similar where we can live in both realms. We'll rule and reign with Jesus in heaven, but also during the millennium we'll live here on, we'll be able to rule and reign here on the earth. Let's look at the angels, though. Look at Hebrews 13, 2. Being, this is King James. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Why? For thereby some have entertained angels in their underwear. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's King James says unaware. I'm sorry. Verse 3 says, if so be being clothed, you should not be found naked. So... Verse 3, if so be that being clothed, we should not be found naked. See, our body is our clothing for an inward man. We will not be disembodied spirits when we pass on. God has a body for us to live in. Demons are disembodied spirits. They always seek to inhabit a body. They prefer a human being, but if they can't get that, they'll take a pig. But look at verse 4. For we who are in this tent groan, we've established that, being burdened. You know, in this life, there's burdens that hit us, not only our inward man, but also physically. And over the years, the burdens get heavier in our body. Not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed. That mortality may be swallowed up by life. What is this saying? It says that we don't want to be unclothed, but further clothed. Say further clothed. This Greek word further clothed means to put on clothing over existing clothing. Further clothed. 
So what's this verse saying? And we're going to see it over and over again, that God is going to cause our natural body to come up out of that grave and it's going to be swallowed up by our resurrection body. Further clothed. Well, I have a question. It's like, well, if God is going to create and matter of fact, let's, let's see that another, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 15, 54, and then I'm going to talk about something very important. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. Let's revisit that verse. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying, death is swallowed up in victory. So why would God bothering even using our old body in this process? If he's going to create a glorified body and it's not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, and he creates it, and it's from heaven, and he creates this for us, why would he even bother using the, the, the dust that's going to be in the grave? Why would he assimilate that into our new body? Well, I'm glad you asked. There's several reasons. First of all is redemption. Jesus has shed his blood and redeemed us, spirit, soul, and body. So all three of you, he's paid for. He's not going to leave any of it. But I think something we don't think about, why would he bother coming back for this old body that will be in the grave? For principle's sake. What does that mean? Principle's sake. Is that the, God is not going to allow even one trace of defeat to stay in the earth. See, see, the, see the, de- the fact that we die is the failure of the old man. It's the failure, failure of the old creation. It's, it's victory Satan can point to and say, I did that. I brought that about. And God's one day is going to say, oh yeah? I'm going to take out every trace. And I'm not going to leave one molecule of the old creation that's in defeat, and I'm going to take it all out of this earth and swallow it up into my victory. Na, 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 devil. And the devil will have nothing to point to that he had done. Verse 5. Now he, God, who has prepared us for this very thing is God who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. God has prepared you for this very thing. Tell someone God's prepared you. What did he prepare you for? Victory. He prepared you for victory. Because guess what? When you got born again, you, you were born again, your Christian life started with a victory, and guess what? It's going to end in victory. Well, pastor... I failed a lot in life. Well, welcome. We've all, we've all lost a battle or two. Well, that person died early, whatever. You know what? But guess what? It ends in victory. There's not one particle of defeat that will not be swallowed up in his victory. Now, he who has prepared us for this is, the, is God, who has given to us the Spirit as a guarantee interesting there's three times in scripture that it says the spirit's been given to us as a guarantee of our redemption three times three speaks of redemption 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, redeeming us, spirit, soul, and body, by the three days, death, burial, and resurrection. Redemption. So, so the first instance is here in verse 5, is the Spirit's been given as a guarantee. The second one is 2 Corinthians 1, look at verse 22. Or actually, this would be the first instance, this would be the second one. 1 Corinthians 1, 22, who also has sealed us. Tell someone you're a seal. I mean, you've been sealed. <laughs> Got to get that straight. Who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14. This is the third one. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. In him, Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Three times, guarantee, guarantee, guarantee. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee. But what does this word guarantee mean? In the original language, Greek word erabon. If you write notes, A-R-R-H-A-B-O-N, Arabon. This is money which you put down on a purchase. It's a down payment. It's a deposit, down payment. A pledge, earnest. And so today we actually have some businesses where you can, you can put, put something on down payment. You can put a down payment on it. You don't get the product right then, but you put a down payment on it, and it's called skin in the game. You have skin in the game. That means that you made a promise that I'm going to come back and I'm going to pay the rent. I'm going to, I'm going to collect what I've left. I pay down on it. So guess what the down payment on your salvation and redemption is? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you is merely God's down payment on your salvation. Now something interesting about uh, a down payment or the deposit, or, or the pledge that we talked about here. One, in the ancient world, one thing that happened about that deposit is, if you didn't come back to get the item, you forfeited the down payment. You forfeited it. So for God not to come back and fully redeem you spirit, soul, and body, he would forfeit the Holy Spirit. And he's not going to forfeit the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody he's coming back for you. Verse 6. So we are always confident. How can we be confident? Because the down payment's been made. How do I check? Holy Ghost is on site. Now tongues is more than just making sure you're saved. He's on the inside. If he's on the inside, that down payment's down, he's coming back. Or he'd forfeit the Holy Spirit. So we're always confident, knowing, knowing, knowing. Confidence comes by what you know. We're always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. Oh no, Jesus, we're absent from the Lord. 
Now, that's talking about his physical glorified body. He's one place in his physical glorified body that is seated at the right hand of God right now. We're down here. Now, he is with us in his spirit, by his spirit. Jesus said, lo, I am with you sometimes. Always. He said, lo. That meant, I don't care how low you get, how low your situation is, he's with you. But one day, we're going to be in his actual presence of of him physically in a glorified body. We are going to be face to face. So we are always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. Verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So during this time where we're absent and we don't see him physically, we're to walk by what? Faith. Faith, Not by sight. Jesus told doubting Thomas. I'm sure he doesn't like being called that now. I'm not in doubt anymore. But Jesus said, blessed are you who believe and have not seen. You're blessed. You're walking by faith. You're walking by faith. Right now, what's going on in your life right now is you're in training for reigning. Will you stay faithful to God when you can't see him? In the midst of the trial, when it would pay off to sell out. Mm -mm. You're in training for reigning. I'm claiming Hawaii. Get your own island. <laughs> Jeremy has the Bahamas, I think. Is it was? Okay. For we walk by faith, not by sight. It says we walk by faith. Say walk by faith. Walk by faith. There's no such thing as a leap of faith. The world talks about that. You can't find that in the Bible. It's a walk of faith. Step by step by step. Well, I want to know the whole story right now. Sorry. It's a walk of faith. Trust him now. All you need is the light you got now. Well, he hasn't given me any new direction. Well, then you need to walk in the light you had the last time he spoke to you. Verse 8. We are confident. Confident, confident, confident. We know. We know. We're confident. We're confident, yes. Well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You know, if this was read by many Christians today... We are confident, yes. Sad and depressed. To die. (laughs) No, Paul's seen the other side. Well pleased. Well pleased to leave. Now don't leave until your assignment's over. Because sometimes the devil wants to take you out early because, hey, there's a, just get out of this pressure. Oh, I think I've hit something here. I just want out of this pressure, and it would be easier just to go on. And the Lord's saying, stay, you're on assignment. To be present with the Lord. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you so much for your word. 
I thank you for the promise that you've given us. That, Lord, when this tent is taken down, we have a building made by God, eternal in the heavens. And, Lord, you're going to take this body and everything that pertains to the old creation, and you're going to take it up out of this earth and swallow it up into your complete victory. But while we wait, we walk by faith. We'll walk by faith. We're on assignment. We're on assignment. We're going to trust you. One step at a time. But it gives us confidence knowing where we're going. Because the best this life is, it's not compared, even to be compared with what you have waiting for us. So, Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. And we praise you and magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship God again. This morning, as I was praying, the Lord gave me a word. He first took me to Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the thoughts shall faint and be youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And then the Lord said, I have a word for the church this morning. And everyone that hears this word needs to seek me on how this word is meant for me. It's, it's for each and every one, but for the church as a whole. And he said, I want my people to be pliant, to be bendable, to be teachable to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. He said, I do not want my church, my people to be complacent and to buy into what they hear from other sources. We have another word at the front. This is from Revelations 12 verse 11 and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and of the word of their testimony and they did not live their lives to the death we're always supposed to confess what he's done for us he did it once he'll do it again his blood has been shed for our sin for our penalties we don't have to worry we just have to confess him and trust him because that's where our victory is because he's already done it and already paid the price for us he loves you and he reminds you of his word because that's where the holy spirit uses we are a spirit and we can run through walls we can do any of those things if we trust him and you know what he's proved it in the bible over and over again eat his word confess it and you win all the time with him perfect love casts out fear it may seem like you're walking on a tightrope right now and you could fall to your death and God's telling you to step out and trust Him. And, well, what's the worst that could happen? I could die. 
Well, if you did, all you do is fall into the safety net of his victory. That's the worst that could happen. You'll fall into his victory. Go for it. Go for it. Have confidence in this life. Amen.